I'm Jeff Gibson. And I am Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In each episode, we talk about our weekend review, move on to our main event, which is about a topic of discussion or main review. And then we move on to film faves, which is our respective list of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic, often marching back through time. However, in this episode, we will be skipping our weekend review, and it will just be a main event of our review of the Avengers Infinity War. So, with that, let's get started and jump right in to our review of Avengers Infinity War. There was an idea. To bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. And that was the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. Shanna, every time we do a main review, it usually breaks down like this. We talk about the good, what we liked about a movie, before we talk about what we didn't like about a movie, the bad. Uh, If we have general thoughts to speak to, we make those before we move on to our spoiler thoughts. Often that's where things get really interesting along with our final thoughts about a film. Yeah? Oh, yeah, indeed. So, I'm going to throw it to you with this question. Avengers is a series that has been building up ever since 2012's Avengers with this threat of Thanos, right? The series first started out just trying to see if they could get the team together. They managed that, and from then on, it's all been about 
these infinity stones and this character who's apparently trying to gather all the infinity stones, yeah? Well, here we are. We see we are introduced to Thanos. Does he live up to expectations? And if so, what else did you like about Infinity War? Why are we starting with Thanos? I hate him so much. So yeah, I guess he he meets the criteria. He's met the ex- the expectations. I am not fond of him as a character or person, whatever you want to say. Not in the sense that you think he's terribly d- done, ter- terribly executed. Well, I talk about that. Yeah, I can talk about that. The CG on Thanos and around Thanos overall was pretty good. Mm. In the beginning, I did not like how they did it. Mm. It's the beginning scene. They're in a very dark environment. They're wow. on a ship. You can't really see what's going on between Thanos and who he's interacting with, um, as well as his goons. Nothing is very clear. It felt like I was blind. So that is the only part that didn't look right, was that beginning scene. And then throughout the rest of the film, Thanos looked great. Okay. CG-wise. Yeah. That is a very interesting particular kind of purple tone there that he has. So yeah, but I thought in general, this was an amazing piece of work with all these different characters and storylines being represented fairly equally and being woven together in a cohesive, easy to follow way. Yeah. I yeah. really appreciated that. It could have been so confusing, but it was not. That's a good point. It was great. It could have been like, wait, I thought we were here, but there was none of that. Right. It was right. very, very well done. Yeah. I loved every scene that the Guardians had, okay. like cry laughter love Mm. it was very enjoyable for me their interactions especially with thor trying to figure out who thor is and why he isn't dead um yeah you know i also thoroughly enjoyed the interaction between dr strange and who is his partner one one and iron man and hulk like the doctor i think it's mainly dr strange and tony stark they're having this back and forth about oh we're dairy free too (laughs) And well, you have, yeah, that entire interaction is really interesting because you have these characters who are known to be arrogant and butting heads, you know, meeting each other for the first time. Well, I, I didn't see it. The particular moment I'm talking about mm. is where they're talking about this free, that free, dairy free. And then one of them says something about until... Ben and Jerry's came out with Dairy Free, which is too chalky. And so there's these two, like you said, arrogant men who think they know everything who are talking about the chalkiness of Dairy Free ice cream that no one can seem to avoid. And it's nice to see men interacting like that on a big movie screen like this because you never hear men chit-chatting, you know, going back and forth about something that, you know, I do care about the chalkiness of ice cream. You know, there's enough macho stuff that happens out there and Guardians dealt with a little bit of that, Star-Lord and Thor. So, you know, they can check both those boxes off. So uh, that's what I liked that I feel like I can talk about. There's a lot more that I like that I'll wait for spoilers because I do feel that this is a very, I have to trade very carefully with what I say. We do uh, because this is like what was it a quiet place we reviewed recently this is a movie where we should really just stick with what you see in the trailers in terms of specifics 
we will speak broadly till our spoiler section because the first 20 minutes is full of spoilers in this film uh, right away and it's um, it's worth going in fresh in, in that sense so there's a lot I think to really appreciate about this film you touched on a couple really good points which is that this film shouldn't even be possible this film shouldn't work at all uh, the fact that this entire project um, 30 years ago this would have been deemed impossible the kind of fantasy article that you'd see in wizard magazine you know the comic book magazine but they have really pulled this off i think and it is maybe there's minor blemishes here or there but it is really impressive uh you're right they cut between characters groups of characters in ways that is coherent and easy to follow and you know exactly where you are or who you're with well and they cut physically too i guess something i didn't think about was they cut from being in space to being on a particular planet yeah, to being I mean. on earth to being somewhere else within earth right exactly exactly that yeah at the same time, and this film doesn't feel heavy, you know. Uh, take, for example, Justice League. Another film where you have <laughs> a bunch of different characters coming together against a strong foe from another planet. And that film just absolutely did not work. And it was too heavy, and it felt it, w- it w- did not feel balanced. You had a couple highlights here or there. You had a, a villain who looked awful. So your points on the CGI for Thanos is quite apt. The performance capture is done very well with Thanos. Uh, and uh, that's important to not take and take for granted because apparently it can still be done tor- terribly as ju- Justice League evidence to us. But also, I think Thanos is a character that he does live up to all these expectations. He isn't just a big guy wanting to destroy things. They managed to figure out an extra layer or two to the character that makes him an interesting villain, while also being an incredibly formidable villain and an incredibly threatening and dangerous villain, too. So I think those are all things to, to compliment. This is definitely not a case where a, a team of creatives uh, came from the background of one character set and focused primarily on that one character set. Just about all the characters have balance, all the main characters. Uh, of course, it helps that it's from the Russo brothers who directed Civil War, which is a really good, uh, actually an incredible practice game, so to speak, for something like Infinity War because they showed that they can balance a bunch of different characters in one movie very well and make it fun, make it light, make it effective, and very exciting too. I think we get a lot of that in this film as well. I think it also speaks to the reality of being human. When we are faced with a fairly shitty situation, there's two ways you can look at it. You can be dark and depressed about it, or you can be you can make fun of it to take power back in that way. And I think that that's what Marvel does mm. is they bring humanity to it and they bring humor to it. I mean, especially Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they're the the jokers of like right. the whole universe, you know, yeah, movie yeah. franchise wise. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what else, what else is what else is good about the film? Speak uh, broadly. I think. There's a lot of great 
humorous moments. I think there's a lot of in, in incredible jaw-dropping moments, or at least like moments that you cheer. Uh, you know, you can't help but get up and you know you want to get on your feet and 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 cheer for. You know, we had a really good crowd. I think on opening night, <laughs> watching this film. Yeah. And it was good because uh, a we didn't have obnoxious assholes, but. B, people were reacting really well to everything. You know, the, the funny parts. There were several times, especially during the first half hour or first hour, where people were laughing so much, I would miss dialogue. Yeah, that was a little unfortunate. Now, I do think that our sound was a little low in, mm. our, in our viewing. But yes, we had one fellow behind us who was by himself, but oh my God, <laughs> he was laughing so loud. He was having such a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's very easy to get annoyed by people. But, you know, a couple different things. First of all, never get, never get annoyed or upset by someone laughing and clearly having a good time in their own way, right? As long as it's not like... They're not doing anything, like talking, <laughs> that's taking you away from the movie. While watching you know? a geeky movie, please do not talk next to me, behind me, in front of me about how, oh, oh, he just fucked up. He just fu- He has no idea. Magneto is going to kill him. Like, do not talk like that behind me, yeah. around me. Anyway. Right, right, yeah. I can't remember what movie like, that was. What, Apocalypse? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was Apocalypse. Oh, God, I was so pissed. <laughs> but also, I, I, I kept in, in mind, in this particular example, you know, this person came alone. He had definitely seat buffers and everything. And you don't know anything about someone's, you know, life experience. You don't know what's going on about in their life. Maybe this is, like, their one escape from life and their one ability to enjoy things. You know, and, and if that's the case, why would you want to take that away from someone, right? Yeah, so, no, don't be an asshole. Yeah, we had a great crowd of, of people really having a good time, laughing, reacting to amazing things that did happen. There are some Well, and it was awesome... interesting to see what people would cheer for. Because oh. there would always be moments where I'd be like, why did no one cheer for that? Why did no one cheer for that? And oh. for me, I'm like a silent cheerer. Oh. Like, you unless... You so silent last night. Unless... That sounds terrible. <laughs> unless someone starts first then i will hop on that train but if it's by myself like you know we'll talk about it in spoilers but that one part happened and i was like ah, ah, that was so cool oh no there was definitely yeah. a scene where you cheered first yeah. that you were really excited about but, but it's hard for me because i didn't want to kill the dialogue either sure so. sure but yeah i think like we had a really great crowd but a part of it is like we were watching a really great experience that that really inspired great responses. And uh, I think that's definitely to the movie's credit. I don't know. Do you think this is the best Avengers movie? Oh, I don't know, because I really like Age of Ultron. And that's funny, because most consider that one to be the worst of the Avenger team (sighs) movies. Well, I think that everybody knows I have a huge crush on James Spitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, I don't know. I would have to go and watch all of them. Mm. and then decide do yeah. you think it's the best mm. i think it's e- it's it's easily as good as the others uh and you know if you were to consider the first avengers movie from 2012 age of ultron in 2014 or whatever it was and then i would even count captain america civil war as technically an avengers movie as well in in terms of team 
team movies. I think that this film is definitely equal to all of those. I'm not sure if I could say if this is better necessarily, but it's definitely exciting and definitely does not disappoint. That said, though, Shanna, what was the bad? What what sort of problems did you have with the movie, if any? So I have several problems, but most of them are spoiler. Okay. But the one problem that I've kind of already mentioned is that in the beginning, the lighting was very dark. I wasn't really, it was so difficult to see. But then I also thought, well, maybe they're just trying to symbolically create the situation of what the movie is going to be. It's going to be dark. CG wise, it's it's sometimes it. I think there were maybe two or three moments where it was jarring, where you could tell, oh, they didn't spend a lot of their budget on that particular thing or that particular thing. There's a character in a suit, yes, and yes, it's yes, not right because yes. you only see their head, their face. Yes, it's in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, toward the last uh, twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, and yes! it was so jarring. Yes. I totally I made a note of that. It yes. totally took me out of the movie and. Mm. You don't want to be taken out of the movie in the last 20 minutes, you know? Well, that's true. But you so. also don't want, on premiere night, for a CGI to already look aged. It was very clear to me that mm-hmm. they didn't... Maybe their budget ran out. But they didn't have enough to clean up that to make that look as good as it could be. So... Five, ten years from now, when you look back it's at this movie, so it's going to be the first one of the first things that looks aged. Mm. Seriously. So that is the only problems I can talk about right now. Okay. So but I, have, I do think people should watch it. I have a couple nits that I can speak very generally about. Is uh, Aside from that, that one CGI issue that you mentioned with that one character, that will remain nameless for right now. <laughs> We're not going to shame them right now. <laughs> um, so there's two characters. There's, there's Vision and there's Scarlet Witch in this movie. That I feel like the movie really tries to rein in what their powers are capable of. If you, if you either have seen them in... Well, okay. In the, in the case of Vision, we've seen what he's capable of in past movies. Right? In Civil War, in Age of Ultron... The dude is quite a formidable opponent, right? Scarlet Witch, if you're familiar with her in the comics, you know that this this girl can fuck shit up if she really wants to. And I really felt like in this movie, they really reined that in. And, and you, you know, you have moments where I think, well, okay, Vision could have kicked that person's ass or could have could have used his laser from his head and blasted someone in the face. Why isn't he doing that? Or Scarlet Witch, she's all she's able to do is move things when in fact she can fucking make you gone, you know, at a blink of an eye if she wanted to, you know, uh, because technically she has reality warping powers, right? When so, I had no idea. Yeah, that's basically it. Otherwise, like, how would you, how do you describe what her powers are? She can move things, I guess? So I really felt the limitations, the the shackles being put on those characters in this movie. One, for plot mechanical reasons, and I could feel the mechanics there. Another, just because it would make the character impossible, I guess, to to not stop what's happening, I guess. I don't know. Those, those are fine, fairly minor nits. They become very important characters in the overall plot, 
of the story, and you can guess maybe why. But that was that was one thing that was like a minor hmm for me. Outside of that, I would I I don't know if I have necessarily problems. I have I have like a serious concern. I literally turned to you right before the movie started, right? And I can say this broadly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I literally turned to you before the movie started and I said... God, you're such a sadist. I said, somebody better die in this movie or I'll be pissed. Mm-hmm. I can say, honestly, I in no way was disappointed by this movie. You're such a sadist. Oh, my um, God. And, and we will get into that very shortly. Mm. So, I, so, yeah, my spoiler discussion is really going to be broad reactions and not so much of this good and bad like what i liked or didn't like about the movie uh for the most part but was there anything else that you wanted to add about your general thoughts about the movie maybe even some themes that impressed you or anything else no i think i'm i i want to be very careful and so i'm keeping everything for spoiler talk okay so here's the thing folks Get off now. <laughs> if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, Get you, out. you care at all, because we're about to speak all spoilery here. Uh, just so you know, though, we both highly recommend this film. Uh, if you're a fan at all of the MCU, if you've been following it all along, don't watch this uh, if you haven't been watching. You don't know... <laughs> You're going to get lost. No, it's worth going through all the movies. Yeah, you're not going to care about anything if you haven't seen any of the other movies, mm-hmm. right? This is going to be very confusing. If you're a fan, you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah? Yeah. This is definitely not Iron Man 2. Go watch so, it. spoilers for Avengers Infinity War now. All right, Shanna. Now that we're in spoilers, what's, Where I uh, need to be. what's one of the things you need to talk about? Okay. So sometimes the action was a bit close and too fast. You know, I would have liked it if there were a couple more slow motion shots. Um, I think there was maybe one-ish, and Mm. it wasn't even really slow motion. It was just like normal pace. Mm. It was the part where Thor came down on Wakanda Mm. and did his little spiel. Yeah. And that was just... You know, come to think of it, it was just normal speed. There was nothing slow motion except Gamora falling, which was just completely painful for me. Which is in a separate scene. Yeah. I was fairly impressed with Thanos. All the CG on him, the skin, the size. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it looked a little odd, but I think that's just something that we're just not used to seeing. I think it's at that point. What, in terms of his scale or what? Yeah, his scale, like that, something that big holding a human's head. It's a little jarring, mm. I think. Gotcha, gotcha. I think like, the, like my survival mechanism is like, don't, don't go there. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, don't look at it. But what I really didn't like were his minions. Oh, really? Um, You're talking about from a technical perspective or in general? Yeah, and like I just, I, I feel like... We didn't have any up-close moments with them, uh, except for the, the female character. I assume it was a female character. We had the one with a hood and, like, a scythe type thing. We yeah. had several close-up moments with him. Uh. And the, uh, the, the guy who's all, like, um, arrogant and... Like he, the other wizard. He moves things yeah. easily. We got lots of close-ups of him, too. Oh, well, maybe I just wasn't impressed by them. Hmm. I wasn't impressed by the female character. Uh, sometimes the way mm. she moved felt like a video game. You're talking about uh, technical visuals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
and that was very difficult for me to watch sometimes and believe it. So it would like really? take me, hmm. it would take me out of the movie. There's like one shot in particular where it's at Wakanda, so there's it's broad daylight, mm-hmm. and so the way she's moving looked really weird. Really, um, it didn't look like she was a particular species that moved in a particular way. It just felt weird. Hmm. So anyway. I couldn't handle Gamora's death, obviously. That really choked me up. Was that the one that affected you the most? That was the one that affected me the most. I really didn't want her to die. I love her so much. Yeah, she's great. Because I do feel like there's this purity to her in that she's always striving to do good and be fair and stuff like that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that she's a pure. She's always striving to do good. Yeah, she's trying to uh, improve. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We can just forget purity (laughs) because no one's pure. And if they are, there's something wrong. Okay. Anyway, I was horribly upset for the rest of the rest of the movie and my first reaction was like oh fine go ahead kill the woman that i love in the marvel universe the woman i love the most and i thought it was denai guerra's okoya okoya yeah she's a favorite too but listen gamora was there first so (laughs) like i love and i love zoe zoltana zoltana yeah i i love when she does stuff like this roles like this okay Anyway, so it was very difficult for me to get through that. And I felt like I'm really glad Gamora said this is not love during that scene where she was going to be sacrificed by Thanos because Mm. that's not love. Mm. That really isn't. Mm. I don't care what anyone says out there. And so I'm glad she said something because I don't want children thinking that a parent's love means stealing them from whatever kind of situation they were in and then brainwashing them into thinking that we need to achieve this mission in life because that's my mission in life you know i hear you i disagree i disagree that's a problem for I me i think there's there's i see it as more nuanced than that but carry on i didn't like that tony survived that pissed me off royally pissed you why off. does Gamora die and tony gets to live well I've been I waiting have, for this man to die. I have theories about that. Mm, of course. But I, I think it'll be resolved in the next film. I was also perturbed that most of the characters that faded away were formidable for Thanos. Like if they were joined together, all the ones that faded away, if they were joined together in this fight against Thanos, they would win. If they came together, made a plan. You're suggesting that that's definitely not going to be the case for those who survive. I don't feel entirely confident. Like, I like Black Widow. I'm Mm. glad she's still around. Mm. But what is she going to do? Just punch him? Well, you're having two different arguments. On the one hand, you're saying that all these people who was erased from existence, if they team together, they could defeat Thanos. But on the other hand... Now you're discrediting someone for not being able to defeat Thanos on her own. So I was going to get to the rest of them. Okay. Yeah. But like is it the fact that they couldn't do it on their own or together? Because honestly, I think you put in any combination of these characters together and they can figure out how to work together to uh, incapacitate Thanos. We see an example of that on Titan with Doctor Strange, Iron yeah. Man, Spider-Man, and Drax and Quill. And Mantis. 
And Mantis, thank you. And Nebula. Did Nebula actively participate in that part of it? Yeah, she she got in there. Okay. Um, she wasn't someone holding him down, but she right. got in there. Okay. And she she's usually, I think, of Nebula as the person that kind of comes to the side and only comes in when she's needed. She mm. she doesn't like force her way in to get a piece. Well, of something. she literally did actually in her entrance to Titan. She literally came in crashing. Okay, she gets in on one. Her. She gets wait. <laughs> Eh, whatever. Moving on. Um, the point is that you take any combination of heroes and when I don't together, feel entirely game. confident because who okay. is our super powered being in what's left? Thor. Okay, so we got one. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. All right, and then that's it. You asked who our super powered being was. <laughs> As though that okay. Was now look at everybody that's gone. Star Lord is half celestial. Okay. Vision had. A crystal gem. No, it's not a crystal gem. I've been watching Steven Universe too much. What is that thing called? An Infinity Stone. Yeah. Okay. Scarlet Witch is an Infinity Stone, basically, if you look at the visual effects. Okay. The reality, I, I color. Saying, yeah. Okay. Who else that, died? That died? Falcon. Okay, so we've got Falcon. <laughs> Falcon's backup. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, okay. War Machine. No, not War Machine. Sorry. No, he's still around. Black Panther. Yeah, okay. That was a super being. He's a... What do you mean? He ate the, the fruit, okay? Oh, so he's yeah. a super being, technically. Okay. okay, and then we've got... Mantis has her own special power. Mantis was helping a lot with her power. Okay. okay. But she couldn't take him down on her own. No, but that's what I'm saying. Now we're left with Captain America, mm. who I love dearly, and no. obviously does most of the workouts. Compar- comparatively okay. Okay. okay and then we've got thor yep. and then we've got black widow and yep. then we've got the original War machine Avengers, basically you got Hulk. and then we've got iron man if he can get back to fucking earth nebula will give him a ride i'm sure that's that i thought about that when i was watching i was <laughs> so like he's gonna have how to is he her? gonna get off of titan and he's not gonna ask her he's actually gonna be a dick about it and nebula's gonna be like fuck you yeah you got a it's possible that two. that is gonna happen yeah. And then we have Rocket. Rocket's left. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, they even killed Groot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Groot. Yep. All the Guardians except Rocket, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are erased from existence or dead. I'm not pleased about that. Mm. So, and then I think it's... So what did you not like? Well, 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 what, what's, what's, what's your main point, though, right? Because you're listing things that, that you didn't like and such or whatever. What I'm trying to get at is I don't have the i don't have confidence in who's left okay and maybe they're gonna prove me wrong mm-hmm. and they probably will because otherwise this franchise would die yeah okay <laughs> so obviously everything's gonna be okay but i'm really yeah. i'm not okay with gamora dying yeah i'm not okay with that mm. bring her back please mm. maybe once the the soul stone oh i got it i got it i know how this works once the soul stone is taken away from thanos then gamora is gonna come back because it's like an exchange I'll honestly, I don't know. Maybe that could happen. So here's the thing. That seems fair to me. So here's the thing. That is plausible, and because that's plausible, that would piss me off. I don't care how you feel about Gamora. I care about Gamora. Okay. Well, A, that's not very nice. <laughs> I care about how you feel about other things, but I want Gamora back. It's not, it's not about my feelings for Gamora. It's about my feelings for her death. I, I think we both have, like, deaths that affected us or that we care about 
or characters that we care about. Honestly, I love all of these characters mm-hmm. in these films. There's not really anybody I I dislike or don't like seeing when they're on screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. So each of their deaths actually are effective and add to the stakes. But I'll, I'll just be ups- I'll just say right now though we have to speak to this issue of what's going to happen later on. But I will just say that I would be upset if Gamora comes back alive. What other thoughts did you have that are spoily? No, those are all my negative things. Okay. And then we're going to work through your negative and then we can go positive. I really honestly don't have much in the way of negativity. And I, I actually, I spoke to it in um, the earlier section of the podcast. But uh, now we can say, in because we're in spoilers, Bruce Banner is using the Hulkbuster. Because for some reason... Oh gosh, I forgot um, to mention that, but go Incredible on. Incredible Hulk is scared shitless. <laughs> doesn't want to come out of play. He doesn't want to come out <laughs> because he clashed with Thanos. And for the first time, he met someone who can actually take him down. So as a result, because Banner wants to participate mm-hmm. in this fight, he wears the Hulkbuster armor. And at the end... First of all, he's one of the characters who are not erased from existence. Mm-hmm. And you see basically this panorama, this landscape view essentially of the remaining characters mm-hmm. who are in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And you see him kind of panting and also a little distraught in the background. Mm-hmm. And that's the visual effect that we were speaking to earlier that didn't look good is the yeah. the Mark Ruffalo portion of that visual effect. It was really bad. It was pretty rough. It's pretty rough. It would be acceptable if it was something from 15 years ago or 20 years ago. It would be a little more forgiving. But having just come out, it's, it's a little jarring. So Vision gets impaled straight away by one of... Uh, Thanos's minions. Now, here's the thing about that. Really briefly, I will I will give you, though I think this is a minor quibble that doesn't affect the movie too much for me because I think they serve their purpose. I will give you that there is not much to Thanos's children, so to speak. They're like backup children. They're henchmen, right? Uh-huh. They're henchmen, and for the most part, they are nameless. I know one of them. You hear that person's name a couple times. I couldn't. A, repeat that name, and B, I couldn't tell you the names of any of the others. I do, just really parenthetically, um, I didn't have any issues with their performance capture or visual effects or anything like that and how they, like you did, but I will give you that there isn't much in the way of development as far as those characters are concerned. They are literally other opponents for our characters to battle. People, other people who are helping Thanos carry out his, not mission, but his goal, mm-hmm. right? He is delegating. Hey, mm-hmm. while well, I go on this side of the galaxy, you go on that side of the galaxy, sort of thing, right? So sure, they're not fleshed out characters, but I would say they don't need to be, they serve a purpose, they do it well enough, they're clearly formidable, they almost take out some of our characters uh, as a result when two of them, the woman and the guy with the hood, were both attacking Vision and Scarlet Witch. 
I actually felt there is a possibility that Scarlet Witch was not getting out of that. Yeah, yeah, she got hit pretty hard on the head. Well, not not because she got a knock on the head, but because she's ultimately just a person, right? She has uh, powers, but she is far more vulnerable and not nearly as tough as these other characters mm, are. I suppose you have a point. Right? So she ultimately doesn't stand a chance. Um, especially since, as I mentioned earlier, they kind of neuter her abilities in the film because she's not capable of everything that the character is capable of, right? She basically can move things around and that's m- or move them around, or that's about it, right? Yeah? Yeah, I, s- I suppose it's because she's still very young or something. She hasn't... Perhaps. ...mastered her powers yet. So I do feel like they, they pose enough of a threat and add to the stakes to serve their their purpose. Vision, he gets impaled by one of them, and that's he that's an issue he's dealing with the rest of the movie. For some reason, as a result, he's not able to be the badass that we see him be in Civil War uh, because of it, right? Yeah, his injury made it impossible for him to use his powers. Yeah, uh, some of his powers. He's still strong. He still has the gem that he could use, which mm-hmm. honestly, if I had a fucking gem in my forehead... It's just a mind gem, love. It's okay. not a strength gem. Okay, but hear me out. If I had a stone that could blast energy out of it, I would be doing that left and right if that was all I had left of me. Oh, uh, okay. You know, if I'm face-to-face with a foe, they're about to finish me off, I'm blasting them in the fucking eye. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And so they, that, that, you know, that's how he kind of gets neutered. They, they use the mechanic of, oh, he got impaled with this special, uh, special scythe. Mm-hmm. And so that's as bad as my criticisms become, because I think anything else you could speak to the movie about really like have reasons. No, the movie doesn't stand alone on its own, but it's not meant to stand alone on its own. Mm-hmm. It's the movie that all the other movies have been building up to, right? So as such, if you haven't seen the other movies, you're not going to care about what happens, and that's fine, right? Yeah. You know, I don't think that's to the film's detriment. Uh, you have to look at the movie and what it's meant to do, what it's trying to do, what its purpose is. Um, it's not intended to be a film on it. So let's critique it as a film as a, that's a piece of a whole fair yeah are we going to talk about what we liked yeah I, that like i said i really didn't have much to criticize about this movie so why, why don't you carry on okay so here's what i really enjoyed i loved seeing vision and scarlet witch t- being together and figuring yeah. out their relationship it sucks that it took them two years to figure it out but you know I guess they're kind of both young. He's only been around for, I don't know, two or three years. I guess. Something like that. I wanted more of that. I was hoping for more of that. It was interesting how they are this couple that has equal power. Yeah. They're equal in in strength and power. And it's interesting to see how that was what what their solution was to get rid of the, the stone. The Mind Stone. Oh, that was another thing. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. That was my only other quibble I noticed. It should not be that difficult for Scarlet Witch 
to destroy that stone. No, I mean, but aren't you thinking of her in a comic book sense? That's a fair question. Yeah. Do we see anything in the films that would suggest breaking a stone would be a little more difficult? Yeah. Or a little more easy, I mean. Oh, no. I mean, I think they were pretty spot on. Um, Could they have sped it up just a tish? Yes. Yeah, because that's my thing. Okay. Is it seemed to take at least two full minutes uh-huh. of her using her full might I to thought, crack this thing. I thought she was stalling because she loved him. And it's when he said, I love you, that's when she let go. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, that's not quite how the time it was. Okay. But that's another minor quibble. It's like, really? Taking a little while here. And I, as a result, I kind of expected the movie was stalling to allow her to be killed by Thanos or something from behind. You know, to stop her from destroying Well, she ended up fading anyway. Well, she got erased from existence. We'll talk about that. Anyway, I did love seeing her use her powers, getting to use her powers, because she was so limited in, like, the previous film. And, of course, I loved Okoya's reaction. Like, why why was she up there this whole time? She should have been down here. So to give that context, (laughs) Scarlet Witch is uh, is, uh, ordered to stay with Vision. What's her name? Letitia's character's name, Shuri. Shuri is trying to extract the Infinity Gem from Vision while allowing him to still live from Mm -hmm. it. And so um, once she's successful, Scarlet Witch is supposed to destroy the gem. It was quite fun hearing her critique of Bruce Banner and Tony Stark's botched up work. Yes, but going back to (laughs) what Okoya says, to give it more context... Eventually, Scarlet Witch joins the fight, mm-hmm. and she literally lifts a bunch of vehicles up and throws them on a bunch of creatures. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, which but, is like, yeah, absolutely. She's freaking powerful, apparently. So Yeah, but what was really great is I think that those minions knew how powerful she was because then they were like, take her out. Mm. And the female minion was, you know, like we said earlier, looked like she was about to take her out. But what was really awesome is she said, you're essentially going to die alone. You are alone. And Black Widow steps in and says she's not alone very calmly. Mm -hmm. And not only is Black Widow there, but Okoya is there too. And it was just this fantastic triumph for me to see because it's women standing together. Yeah. You see Shuri and Okoya in Black Panther stand together at one point. Mm -hmm. But there's just something really nice about seeing it more yeah, yeah, and seeing it between three women. I, I totally agree. That was a really great moment. By the way, the the villain you're talking about is named Proxima Midnight. She was played Oof. by an actress named Carrie Coon. Okay, super. So they actually do have names. <laughs> and There's apparently Cole Obsidian, Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, and Corvus Glaive. Which is which? I don't know except for the woman. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to look a little bit more into that. Good God, I don't even care about that. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? No, you all die. So, so I, I also loved Spider Man, but was really sad when Tony shut him down because one of the fun things about Spider Man is he does pop culture references because that's what any geek slash nerd does well, these days, and yeah. well, any days really. And, um, you know, Tony, like, totally shuts him down on that. But if he had just been let to carry on, I think that him and Quill would have been, like, best friends. 
I think they would have like seen each other and they would have been like, that is my person. So are you talking about the moment where Tony Stark says during his spat with Doctor Strange, the adults are talking, I don't want to hear another pop culture reference from you? Yeah. Or are you talking about the moment where Peter Parker references Footloose in front no. of uh, Peter Quill? No, so, and I paid more attention to that the second time viewing today, but... I'm talking about when he's about to say, I'm just trying to tell you someone's coming. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes that's how, you know, geeks are. They're trying to communicate something else through mm. through a reference. But I also really enjoyed the Footloose comment, but it was also really sad because I was like, oh, maybe they weren't going to be best friends after all. Right. <laughs> I was like, that is so sad. Uh, that was, that <laughs> I was like, why do you have a thing against Footloose? It is a good movie. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Spider-Man, but minus 10 points. <laughs> so that was really fun. And I loved seeing Gamora's backstory. I liked seeing her as a little one. It contextualized Thanos. Uh, and I think that's why it worked so well. I oh, don't say it like and, that to and me. his relationship with Gamora. And, and yes, that's the thing. It, and that's one of the things I like about Thanos in this film is they make him much more than a, a power-hungry big dude. I don't know if I can articulate this very well. But they definitely illustrate a very complicated parental relationship with Thanos. It is very clear that in his own twisted way, bear with me, don't don't argue. Please introduce that he is a psychopath. He is a psychopath. So here's the thing about one, another thing they do really well with him is... He's not just completely batshit crazy um, evil for evil's sake. He has a perspective. It's a obviously a flawed perspective or, or a perspective that we can definitely disagree with, but he has a perspective that he believes in, right? Which is one of balance. He believes that he is doing something for the benefit of the universe by wiping out half of its existence to let the other half flourish and live, right? That's his belief. Whether or not you agree, that's it, right? It it allows you to understand him a little more. Now, on top of that, you have the layers of his relationship with Gamora, someone who, in his perspective, he saved from genocide by taking her under his wing, right? I mean, technically, she would have been fine. She was heading to the side that didn't get genocided. I'm just saying. You can I'm quibble. I'm just putting that and, in. And some people could argue that that's possible. That it's possible that that's not the case because, again, what happened to her mom? Her right? mom was on the wrong side. Right. So, from his perspective, he saved her, and he taught her different skills. And I thought that it was really interesting. One of the things that some parents who who go about things the wrong way, what happens is they end up making their child, as in they grow up into an adult, tougher, thicker skinned, all these things that the child ends up resenting them for, you know, the experiences that made them their way. But what the parent did, you know, all the horrible abuses or whatever made them that way so thanos is no different he feels all the abuse and all the the tough treatment that he put gamora through 
made her the tough, strong, badass woman that she is today. Again, you can disagree with whether or not his parenting skills are the kind that you should see in Parent Magazine, but this is where he comes from, and it adds another layer to the character that makes him more interesting because from his perspective, he does love Gamora, always has loved Gamora. So when he has to make a sacrifice for the Soul Stone, she is the only person in the, not the world, but the galaxy that he loves. And that's obviously true because he wouldn't have gotten the Soul Stone if that wasn't the case when he sacrificed her. So I'm just saying all of these little things I'm trying to articulate really make him a lot more interesting than I expected and impressed me quite a bit with the, the villain. He's much more than just like a CGI troll, you know, which we actually almost literally get a CGI troll as one of his henchmen. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He's not the typical, I'm seeking revenge. My f- my daddy didn't like me, so now I'm going to show him what's what. Isn't a, oh, you guys killed my people, now I'm going to kill all of you. Okay, like, okay, I know I've already mentioned that, but that's essentially what happens in this world. Okay, so I get it. Mm. He's not another Ronin. Let's say. Yeah, so he's, he's not, not another uh, Malekith, mm-hmm. uh, the Dark Elf, who, who is arguably one of the worst in the MCU. Yes, he can be at the bottom. Yeah. But, you know, Loki was a good villain too, but coming back, yeah. like, okay, I get it. But I'm still not okay with it. <laughs> it is very difficult for me. Okay. Like, like which part? Like the whole thing. <laughs> like, look, the whole point we're here where we are. <laughs> Is I said that I liked seeing Gamora's backstory, yeah. and you were like, but it sets up Thanos, and now yes. I'm like, well, you know what? It's not all about fucking Thanos, okay? I wanted to see where Gamora came from, okay. okay? I wanted to see what she was like, and hell, if they had gone through a montage of her growing up and how much she hated him and Thanos was loving her, like, okay, cool. I still only care about Gamora. Like, I want nothing to do with Thanos. <laughs> like, if yeah. Thanos had to come to a parenting group or, like, a rec- like ruler's recovery group, I'd be like, no, you cannot come in. All right? Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Blah, blah, blah. Okay? Whatever. I just wanted to say I liked seeing Gamora as a little girl. I, I hear you. I, I'm just saying that it was really, like, well, yes, you see her as a little girl. It really was more... The created for the purpose of fleshing out Thanos. Look, the first time I saw the movie, uh, like, after that, I hated Thanos so much because I was miserable that he was the one that took Gamora away from me. Okay, <laughs> it's all about me. Okay. And But now the second time I viewed it, I forgot that there's that scene where Thanos has achieved his goal and he has this moment where, or he's about to achieve it. Yeah. He has this moment where he sees Gamora yeah. in this, you know... It's not like meditative, but it's... It's a weird astral plane type thing. Like, would he actually be able to do that? Is that part of the Soul Stones deal? Like, you're always going to... She's never going to leave you. Whoever you killed is never going to leave you. Mm, And is always going to make you question what you did. Mm. That would be great. It's horrible that he goes in, 
kills her, like sacrifices her, whatever word you want in there. Yeah. And that, oh, well, I'm sad that I had to do that. I'm sorry, that's not enough. As a parental figure, if you love that child, you will suffer to hell. Okay. Well, You're supposed to suffer. So what I liked. Yeah is that they had that scene on the astral plane and she asked did you do it and he admits to it and she is so sad and there's nothing worse than seeing your small child so sad which by the way is not like as um, extravagantly acted as what you might be suggesting it's pretty subtle. well it's pretty subtle but but it's the concept is what i'm talking about she asks what's more important is she asks something what did it cost what did it cost and he says and I actually credit to how this is acted, actually, how it's performed. But he says everything. Mm-hmm. I think it is something that's going to always stick with him. Because, again, he did really love Gamora. Well, good. That's what you deserve. But I think it was, very, it was set up very well that he had to sacrifice everything in order for this, in his vision, greater good to be achieved so okay moving on i you know there were such wonderful little lines of strength and just things that really hit you like that moment that we've just talked about but also i mean this is a small one but i really loved after the battle seemed to be over and there was that quiet deadness where you know chala comes to okoya and he says get up general this is no place to die yeah and I thought she was going to fade away, but he did. But mm. that line was so powerful. I mean, it would make me get up, even if my guts were splurged everywhere. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, yes, my king, I will get up for you. Mm. So I really like that. And, you know, there were, the most fantastic killer surprise was Peter Dinklage for me. I had no idea, no idea he was working with Marvel. And right. the fact that he was this giant dwarf was just mm. so amazing to me. And... It was so cool that there was kind of this sense of humor that this like wonderfulness to him where he's just said, but you're going to die to Thor, who's going to open the star, Iris, and essentially burn to death. And he's like, but but that's what I just said. And and obviously Thor just didn't finish his sentence because then he had to focus on what he was doing because he's like... No, no, I think he did. He did? did? Yeah, because what he says, um, but I'll kill you. And he said... Not if I don't die first or something like that. Is it, but oh, I yes. thought he said if that's I die. It. Yeah, if I die. Yeah, it's which a, is really confusing. He says yes, that's what it means. Yeah, to that's kill. what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to tell you, yeah. you stupid puny god. Anyway, I really enjoyed the Peter Dinklage thing. Yeah, I love the few winks that you know fans of other fandoms happened, like when Tony and. Uh, Doctor Strange were talking to each other and Tony like takes over and he's like, do you concur? And that made me burst with excitement, but nobody else was cheering. Right. You Give know. some context. That was when so, Tony suggested that they take the battle to Titan rather than going back to Earth. What's important is he said, do you concur? And yeah. as we all know, Benedict Cumberbatch is also Sherlock Holmes. So I thought that that was really cool. I thought the best part of this film, the funniest part of this film, was the commentary on Thor's body and the new relationships that filmed just within that spaceship. You're talking about when Thor was first taken in by the Guardians. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. how he was laying on that table. And I, I think maybe Quill said something about something, something, this dude. 
And <laughs> Trax was like, no, this is not a dude. This is a man. And yeah. like Grimora even starts like feeling his arms, his yeah, muscles. Yeah, commenting on how his muscles feel. Yeah. yeah. That was really fun. And, you know, Thor and Quill interacting with each other. But the best mm-hmm. part was... Uh, Rocket was like, I would very much like to go there, please, <laughs> to the planet where the, um, where the weapons are made, yes. where Peter Dinklage is. Yes. So yes. it was just, he looked, Rocket looked like a child. Mm. And I loved Thor and Rocket's relationship in this film. Yeah, yeah. And as heavy as this film was, I even liked the way they did the credits, where it was just this black screen, and each actor essentially had its own slide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm done with what I liked. Okay. <laughs> Unless I think of something when you talk. Okay. So I'm going to try, I'm going to, try to be brief because we're approaching an hour now. There's a lot to talk about. So first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to try to go sequentially as much as possible. The opening act, or the opening sequence, I should say, before the title card, is I thought uh, really effective at setting the stage. You open up to the Asgardians' uh, ship being decimated, bodies all over the place. They have been practically all all massacred. Uh, we hear later on when Thor is talking to the Guardians that that half of the survivors were killed or whatever or massacred. So half of them somehow escaped and survived. Uh, which means, by the way, Valkyrie, who we don't see in this movie, may be somewhere out there. By the way, just so you know, to remind you, Sif is out there somewhere too, because she wasn't in Thor Ragnarok, and we don't know where she's been all this time. Uh, she's been on set filming that TV show. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> With all the tattoos. Right, so getting back to the first scene, it does a really impressive job of setting the stage where we have all the Asgardians killed. The only ones surviving at that moment are Heimdall, Loki, and Thor. And even then, Thor and Heimdall are barely surviving at that point, mm-hmm. right? Heimdall kill- is killed after he sends Hulk away to Earth to, to warn of Thanos. Which, by the way, for all Banner knows, Thor is dead and Loki, or something, you know. He doesn't know what happened after he left. And Loki, in one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the film, instead of trying to rejoin or gain Thanos' favor and try to survive, as he has always done, he tries to take out Thanos himself, and probably one of his most half-assed less clever ways he's ever done anything. Yeah, that did seem a um, little, let's get this over with. And he gets he gets killed. Mm-hmm. He gets killed. So Loki's story is done. Uh, as near as we can tell, I think this is one of the, the deaths we can count on, uh, as well as Heimdall. He is killed, and literally, um, almost, uh, the, the, and the sequence almost ends with Thanos saying, uh, no resurrections this time. Which, but he doesn't mean it. No, 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 he does. <laughs> I really appreciated it because, again, it was about setting the stage for the audience. It's like he's talking directly to the audience, letting them know if someone dies, they're dead. This is He what, doesn't mean it, though. No, he does. This is what we're playing at here, folks. But he doesn't mean yes. it. No. Shush. 
<laughs> no, but that I thought was extremely effective, and that carries with it the weight that I wanted this film to carry. You know, there are stakes, folks. Like, things are going to happen, some of which are irreversible. This matters. Everything has been leading to this, and it matters, right? So that was really effective, and I really appreciated that. I really enjoyed how you have these different characters meeting each other for the first time, coming together. Tony Stark meeting Doctor Strange and bantering. You have Thor meeting the Guardians and bantering and how those different personalities clash or don't. Um, I, I have a feeling Drax, I mean, obviously Drax is going to admire a specimen like Thor, yes. right? You know, whereas Quill's going to feel threatened by a specimen like Thor, right? And uh, Rocket... mocking me. Right. Rocket is just going to really enjoy someone who has a really great weapon, mm-hmm. right? So all these different things I really appreciated. It's great. Spider-Man being able to hop into the action that he's been waiting for to happen, you know, and he <laughs> We're all gonna die. That was great. His I'm, friend, he was like, can you make oh, a distraction? And Ned. Okay. He, he looked back and he was like, we're all gonna die. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because a lot of people did. I okay. I was going to say, you know, Spider-Man gets, gets to be part of the team. He's an officially an Avenger. He gets literally dubbed by Tony Stark as an Avenger. He stands a little bit taller as a result, mm-hmm. right? He gets a new suit, by the way, which is a suit that is in the comics, in the actual Civil War comics. For being on Tony Stark's side, Tony Stark builds him a spider suit. And those those legs that pop out are from that storyline. So that was a wonderful surprise to see those in the movie. Didn't expect that at all. Thought it was pretty cool. I already talked about how much I appreciated Thanos, his relationship with Gamora, and his motivation. Now it is, as I understand it, which isn't fully immersive, but my understanding is this is a different motivation than that of the comics. My understanding is Thanos is killing because he's trying to curry favor with a character whose name is actually Death. And he's trying to win Death's love. As I think it is probably a little bit better. I was curious how they're going to introduce the whole death concept, and I'm glad they didn't. The deaths, I appreciated. With so many characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know someone has to be one of the ones that die. They, they can't all be immune to this, right? So it's interesting that Gamora was the one, and I think they really did a good job establishing why Gamora was the one through the character development. It made the most sense. Um, and she had one of the most dramatic deaths. I was elated and so surprised to see Red Skull in this movie because Red Skull's quote-unquote, well, I, I won't say death. I'll say his, his disappearance at the end of First Avenger, Captain America, has been always one of those biggest mysteries, those things that have always been left hanging for seven years now and has never been addressed no one's ever brought it up in media or articles or anything as hey what what actually happened to red skull 
it never felt like he actually died. It felt like he got transported somewhere. So to see him in Infinity War as the keeper of these, uh, being cursed as the keeper of the Soul Stone was such a delightful surprise. We finally have that resolved. And that was really, really cool for me to see. Now now that the Soul Stone has been taken, I wonder what, what if he's just hangs out there on that planet or what hey like, sorry guys you're like, too late yeah like uh what do i do now didn't you know, know thanos has it yeah i thought it was really interesting to hear you know there's a lot of decimation that happens off camera you learn that the nova core has been completely decimated god that was so unsettling yeah we don't see it we we know that nowhere which was the place that we saw in Gar- the first guardians of galaxy movie with the collector that's been absolutely destroyed. The Collector, as far as we know, has been killed. One minor nit is, did Thanos know somehow that Peter Quill and Gamora arrived in order for him to create that whole vision where he's like threatening the Collector or, or what? Because you're not given any indication as to like how Thanos would know that they're coming, but apparently that was all an illusion. I feel like he would have had to set up the illusion from the beginning anyway because, I mean, if they saw something was wrong, I like, would they really go into the skull? Well, into nowhere. I feel like that was the only way he was going to get Gamora to find out where the soul stone is because mm. that's what he needed. Otherwise, he would have let her carry on, you know? I understand it. I just, like, the whole, like, illusion aspect of it um, doesn't quite make a hundred percent logic when like the characters come into the illusion and you're not given any sense of how Thanos would know that they're there but be that as it may it's kind of cool to have that cameo of the collector there also and we know that he's he's gone which is amazing like so many people are decimated and and that that also begs the question of of all these people who have been wiped from existence that means there's there's potentially a lot of characters that we know that we haven't seen on screen in this film that may be wiped from existence. You know, is mm-hmm. is Foggy Nelson, or not Foggy Nelson, but, Happy, Happy Hogan. Yeah. Is Happy Hogan uh, wiped out? Is is Pepper Potts wiped out? Ugh. Is, you know, Aunt May? Well, if they didn't kill Tony Stark, they're probably going to kill Pepper. Well, you don't know. Like, is Aunt May? You know, is Ned? Is, you know, is MJ? You know, all these other characters that are off screen how many of them are still around or have been wiped from existence, you know? So it's a, it, that is really interesting, and I don't know if uh, we'll get answers to that, but it does lead to that suggestion and that thought process, right? Mm-hmm. When all these people get wiped from existence after Thanos does snap his fingers. As we heard three times throughout the movie, he can do. <laughs> he literally does it. It was established. Oh, yeah. What else do I have to remark about? The moment when... Uh, White Wolf and Rocket work together oh. in in the battle on Wakanda was just a hilarious and awesome thrill. Like he literally picks up Rocket and just spins around and they're both <laughs> shooting. Um, well, and it was really funny how Rocket carried on with his obsession, like how much for the arm? Right, I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm yeah. gonna get that arm. That was and I really want Rocket to get the arm. I know that <laughs> like Bucky's essentially gone, and I think the arm went with him. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, his wife from existence. But, you know, when he comes back, because it's all going to get retconned, I want Rocket to get that arm. All right, so let's talk about that. Oh, before I do, really briefly, 
Peter Parker's wipe from existence is probably the most affecting. Uh. And I feel like is probably going to fuck Tony up even more because he literally had this teenager, like, not begging for his life, but, but like, scared out of his mind. He's, and he's afraid he disappointed Tony, too. You know, let him down. Those were I his last words. You know, Ugh. that was probably like of all the people who are wiped out, that was like the most affecting in in movie. Honestly, I should speak to Tony Stark. Tony Stark's near death was the most affecting for me, probably because he's the character that we have spent the most time with. Yes, I'm and, done seeing him. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I know he's not your favorite character, but. When you spend so much time with a character like him, yes, he's arrogant, but he's very charming, and he he has had some of the biggest growth in the entire series, right? And so for him to be sacrificed, for him to be killed by Thanos with respect was quite uh, uh, stirring uh, for me. And I really did think that that was the end of Tony Stark for us. So, that's a really great segue to this whole thing about these people being wiped from existence. Starting with Doctor Strange's decision to give the Time Stone up in exchange for Tony Stark's life. Now, he already established he ain't giving the Time Stone up for fucking nobody, right? But, he also established that he had witnessed 14 million different scenarios and only one of them would lead to their victory. So it begs the question, is it possible that he gave up the time stone because he knew this was the path to their victory, even though it didn't seem like it at first? And even though it might be a delayed victory. Yes. Like not necessarily victory on Titan. Right. And he does say his last words before he's wiped from existence are, it was the only way. Mm. Right? So. Would have been nice to have known a little bit more about that plan. (laughs) Oh. When you have the ability to see the future, it's nice to have a couple details. That might be. So, here's what I'm thinking. Okay? Segwaying to... Um, all of these characters being wiped from existence and what that means for the future. I'm thinking somehow the remaining survivors are going to figure out a way to reverse the whole wiping from existence thing. So, and I think like it's pretty safe to say that all these characters who are left, a lot of them who are left behind are the original team. And we know that most of those people are going to be cycled out and this is going to be the end of an entire era of the Avengers. Part of the reason why we know that is because the slate for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Spider-Man Homecoming sequel and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Okay, And then we know also that there's a Doctor Strange sequel coming down the line at some point. So I think those new characters... They're going to be back in existence somehow, uh, put back in existence. The, the old characters may even figure out a way to be able to undo it, but they will be the ones that sacrificed. Uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Thor, War Machine, 
all of them, maybe even Incredible Hulk, they're the ones who are really going to be dead for good after the next Avengers movie, which we'll literally get a year from now. Okay, if that's going to be the route they take, where it's going to be like this inverse of death, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little annoyed. Why? Like, it's okay if it's a little bit. Like, it's okay if they kill, like, maybe three out of those people. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. That's realistic. That's fine. Just out of curiosity, who would you find to be acceptable? I just don't kill Black Widow. We uh, need every female we can get. female. That's what I figured you would do. Oh, my God. Because they killed all the other ones. It's just Okoya and probably Shuri. Shuri. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we have left right now is Okoya, Shuri, and Black Widow. Mm -hmm. And if you think for one second I'm going to be okay. You're going to have Captain Marvel, too. Okay, she's she's still on her way. Okay. She's apparently going to play a major factor in this other half of the movie. Because why? We have a post-credits scene. That's calling for her help. Which, by the way, it was very difficult for me to see what was happening on that little screen. Oh. And we were so close the first time we watched this film. Oh. It was difficult for me to see certain things. But the woman next to us who just screamed in delight, mm. realizing what it meant, was so joyous for me. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Anyway, please don't kill more women. I really can't take it. If you want to kill Nebula, that's okay. All things equal. But I think, you know, as a result, all the Guardians are going to be back, or at least all except for Gamora are going to be back. And I think Gamora's death is probably going to be uh, something that's going to have ripple effects in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We don't know much about Phase 4 yet. I'm sure we'll have some news come out soon. But all we know in terms of Phase 4 is the Spider-Man sequel in 2019 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in 2019. We are technically still in Phase 3, apparently, and will be for three more films. So, that's what I think. If if anything other than the whole white from existence thing is undone, if any actual death that happens in the first half of the film is undone, I will personally be pissed. Because it will be the ultimate in in this pattern that that marvel's done where they make you think a character's dead and undo it well they did it with agent colson they did it with loki but they've been doing this in comic book history since the existence of comics to a degree you're not wrong but there have been characters that for at least decades of time have had permanent uh death Okay. Eventually, some writer comes along and wants to, you know, come up with some story to revive those characters. And honestly, that pisses me off when that happens because it really takes away from the uh, significance of those characters and their deaths. So you're not wrong, but all that means is I would be equally pissed if a movie did it too. You know, I don't think it makes it uh, better to undo those deaths uh, be just because comics have undone deaths before. You just really want Gamora alive. I know. And I know you dislike <laughs> that I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping but. that she's going to be okay because what's the point of seeing Guardians 3? Well, Mantis you- is no Gamora. Nebula is no Gamora. I'm really not interested unless there's a Gamora. 
Are you saying that Gamora is the only character in the Guardians of the Galaxy that, that you care about? That completes the pack, okay? Uh, okay? She needs to come back. I know the fadeaway characters are going to come back. Okay. All right. I hope I, I, we agree to disagree. We come at this. One of us is going to be upset regardless. That's I would point. love it if you were upset <laughs> in this case. Thanks, love. Thanks. I love you too. <laughs> it's one thing. Okay. I'm just asking for one character to come back. Yeah. I just want one. Just give us one. I think uh, that that's you fair. You want Black Panther to come back too. But he was fey. He yeah. was faded. Yeah. Everybody who faded's <laughs> coming back. Don't start with me. And he's got his own movie coming. And there's another Guardians Volume 3. So don't tell me they're going to do it without her. No. I think it's entirely possible. Smack on the hand. Yeah, I think it's entirely possible. No. We will see what happens. It's not happening. <laughs> I am willing It's okay, to... everybody. Relax. She's coming back. God damn it. I am willing to bet you in the next week we will get some movie news about what to expect. Uh, we don't even have a title yet. For the next Avengers movie, and I'm willing to bet you that that title will be revealed, as well as the slate ahead. I'm um, not watching the rest of the movies if she's not coming back. I'm not. Well, that's a little dramatic. Oh, I think it's that's that's how it is. That's how it's going to be. Okay, we get it. You feel strongly about that. All right. So, is there anything else you want to say about the movie? Or no, I think about? I've made my point clear that Gamora is coming back. Fuck's sake. <laughs> No, I think it was a it was a great movie. I it it was easier to watch a second time. Okay. Um, it was very like I couldn't speak after watching it the first time. Like you were like, what did you think? What did you think? What did you think? I couldn't talk. So, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the film? I'm kind of like trying to figure out if I would give it a seven or an eight myself. I was thinking eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's a. Uh, it's definitely up there. It's. I think really at at most you have small quibbles to make about the film, but it definitely does its job effectively. It is definitely not a disappointment. I think any argument about it being too much or what have you is kind of null because what did you expect from this film of all the films, really? Honestly, I had no idea anyone was going to die until you read me that Entertainment Weekly article. I don't know how you didn't think anybody was going to die from this. I thought everything was going to be okay. It was just going to be this happy celebration of all these different characters together. No. So, uh, those are our thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. What did you think about the film? What did you think about our thoughts? Do you agree or disagree with uh, some of our points about the film? Feel free to let us know at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us with this week's episode of The Movie Lovers. Shanna, where can people find more of your work on the internet? You can find me at hashtag bring Gamora back. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is as incessant as I'm going to get, guys. So you can find me at www.shannapaxton.com, S-H-A-N-N-A-P-A-X-T-O-N, and you'll find my social channels from there. Excellent. So find more episodes on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also go to thegibsonreview.com to find episodes that you can stream through there or other articles, reviews, lists, things of that nature. Go to Facebook, The Gibson Review, to find third-party links, mini-reviews, and links to these episodes. 
and go to flick chart the gibson 99 to see more of me and my interest in my tastes in movies and every movie i've seen next time on the movie lovers we will actually be covering 1999 film phase so uh look out for that we're entering a new decade but our main event, I think, will be a review of uh, the new Jason Reitman Diablo Cody movie uh, with oh, Charlize Theron. Yes. Tully. That's going to be great. So keep an eye out for that. I think you will see that sometime around the 14th of May. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.